the search for identity, that which uh, suits best to this uh, real self that you're discovering. If you know yourself well enough, then you discover what you are best suited for, and then that is what makes you happiest, too. Self-actualization uh, means the making real of the inner self, and that means what you love, what you're interested in, what excites you, what fascinates you, and that is the cause outside yourself, which paradoxically then becomes a defining characteristic of the self. Welcome to the first episode of the Maslow Peak Podcast. My name is Brett Griffin. I'm your host. I'm here with my good friend, longtime cohort, ex-band member, uh, longtime life partner, Jesse Edmond. What's up? Uh, Jesse is a retired Marine veteran. He's living in Tulare, uh, where we both grew up, spent a lot of time on the mean streets, and he's working on some music projects and just kind of figuring out what it is that his next steps are. Uh, he's got all the time in the world on his hands, Boom. and he's trying to figure out uh, kind of what that looks like for him going forward. So, Jesse, we've been friends a long time, played a lot of music together. We've known each other since eighth grade, uh, really became friends sophomore year. My overarching musical memory is you were always the best musician at our school. Uh, well, drum you. major, first chair, saxophone, the story that you'd apparently never heard, but we were starting a band and Josh said you were going to play bass for us after having played saxophone for years and years and years. Yeah. And I said, Jesse doesn't play bass. <laughs> and Josh said, no, you don't understand. Jesse's going to buy a bass and he's going to be able to play it. And he's going to play bass in our band. And I said, I don't see how that's going to happen. Saxophone's not even in bass clef. I've never seen Jesse play a stringed instrument. And he said, no, you just watch. Jesse's going to be our bass player. Um, so sure enough, it happened exactly like that. You showed up with this bass, that purple Ibanez. Yeah, I remember buying that. Y you showed up fully formed as a bass player, and I had no idea where that came from. And just watching you over the years <laughs> learn to play that bass and write music, write sheet music for the horn players that were in our straw band for a while. Um, it was amazing watching you pull that off. And you're one of the most talented people I know. You've always had success in everything that you've done. Every genre of music you try to write, you just nail it right out the gate. And I don't know how you do it. I wish I had that talent. But um, talk to us a little bit about your journey through the Marines. Were you always playing music? Did you always know that was something you wanted to do when you got done? Kind of how did you get from there to where you're at now? You want to know, wow, the evolution of my, my story. You want my story? You want that whole story or just part of that? That's a lot. Well, I mean, we can talk about the Marines if you want, but you're, you're out of the Marines now. Um, you're back to doing music, which you were doing before. So that was kind of the, the gist is. Okay. Well, let me see how to wrap it. Let me see where to start. That's a, that's a tough question. Like it's really a, a, a tough question. To we're, we're digging right in here, you know? Um, well, okay. So when I retired from the Marine Corps, I was, I, I received a medical retirement. Okay. So technically I became a hundred percent disabled veteran. At that point I had a problem and, uh, that problem was, uh, I didn't like being disabled like right. that word disabled just wasn't wasn't clicking with me um but over the four years it kind of kind of developed into uh I don't have to be disabled I just have to figure out how to 
become enable. I have to enable myself, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I figured since doing that, I, I, I fall back on what I always knew. And that was music. That was something that was kind of, you know, in, in the military, you don't really have time to, to, you know, keep up with your hobbies or the things that you like to do. Um, so yeah, I started back with music and, um, it became very therapeutic in a way, in a sense, you know, I started getting back into uh, a lot of hip hop and, um, really being like, man, our stories are similar. The, the, you know, the struggles or, or even, you know, like I imagine coming out of the pen is, you know, the penitentiary and the system is just like coming out of the military and coming into a world that like, you know, this isn't the world that I remembered when, when I joined, I was telling no, you remember I was telling you, um, you know, I joined, Pre nine eleven, I was yeah. I was at boot camp on nine eleven. So from my eyes, when I left the American world, like America, it was it was unicorns and bubble gum. It was all good, <laughs> you know. At boot camp, all of a sudden nine eleven happened, and then you know, thirteen years later, I get messed up. I get out, and I see what's going on, and I'm <laughs> like, this ain't what what happened, you know? Like this ain't. Yeah. Th- I've been in a time zone because in the military it's all orderly and whatnot. And now here it's more chaotic, but. You know, coming from where we come from, chaos isn't a problem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I took a curse and put it in reverse, so to speak, and started falling back on music. And when I realized that, you know, hey, man, I'm, I'm, these songs are actually pretty good. They are. They are. <laughs> you know, I started, you know, reaching out and, and, and saying, okay, well, let me see if I could take this music therapy and, and, and turn it into something, you know, like a blessing. Now, going back to the music thing, when you were in the Marines, I remember you had DJ equipment. I remember you were doing mashups back then. Uh, was it something that you always did kind of on the side while you were in the tour? Was it just kind of when you had time or was that always there? You know, that itch to do that? Oh, the the music thing will never go away. Like, I okay, so when <laughs> my first four years in the, okay, my first four years in the military were, they were tough. They were hard. And I was in the Marine Corps, so it was, it was hard, you know, like, yeah, I make it look easy, but it's difficult. Um, and I remember talking to my ex wife at the time and 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 asking her I saying and saying hey you know what if I if I got out and and became like a DJ and she laughed in my face and told me I was stupid <laughs> and I you know and I'm just to 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 talk about what you're what you're saying no man it is it, it's hard I tried to you know I remember even coming up to you guys and being like hey I got some I got some tracks that you know I tried to put together you guys want to you know and, and you guys were in college and you couldn't really you, you guys had working projects mm-hmm. of your own at the mm-hmm. time so yeah it's difficult and I mean I, I mean other than being in the band in the Marine Corps, which mm-hmm. I wasn't about, you know? Yeah. I, so, yeah, no, it, it's difficult to keep it going. Yeah, yeah. So growing up, you played saxophone, I remember at Live Oak before that. Did you have any experience with music when you were a kid? I know your parents had a piano at the house. I mean, did you play piano from a young age? When did you, when did you know that music was something that you not only were good at, but also wanted to pursue? I know, you know, okay, so uh, I never thought I was good at music. I, I really never, ever really considered, in all honesty, <laughs> I never, I just thought it was just like, I'd look at all these guys and like, I remember being like, I remember the first time I heard uh, Travis Barker with Blink-182, mm-hmm. no, no offense to Scott, but yeah. I remember when they changed their sound, I was like, that's just, uh, that's man, it. I can't, I remember, I was like, I can't do that. I yeah. can't, I, you know, and I just kept, you know, but you know, you keep writing music and all of a sudden, like people were like no dude you're you're totally doing it yeah. <laughs> like, and you don't even realize kind of I guess like working out and becoming fit and not really noticing mm-hmm. you know and then everyone was like man you're jacked <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So even in fifth or sixth grade, you were a jacked musician. No, you know, and dude, my first instrument, okay, my my sisters, I had two sisters, and um, one was raised playing the flute, and the other was uh, came up on the clarinet. Mm-hmm. The one playing the clarinet, she didn't really like, instru- she didn't like music. And the one playing the flute, she learned about pianos, but she, you know, she likes to sing. Um, for me, my first instrument was in the fourth grade and it was a recorder. Okay. Now, where my, you know, what came in for me from a young age was my, you know, I, we had an excellent, an excellent music program. Like, I don't know if you remember like Mr. Austin uh, from Garden or like Bonner from Live mm-hmm, Oak or, mm-hmm. or, or, uh, Ingram from, from Union, mm-hmm. you know, to Larry Union, their high school marching band. I mean, the bands used to battle. I mean, we used to battle <laughs> like it was hip hop, like town battles, like yep. rivalries. Yep. Like we would go to these big parades and travel the country. Carruthers yes. and Layton and all that. I remember that. So yeah, like, you know, it was ingrained, like not only to be a good, but to, you know, like to, to, you know, try to win. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. What did you want to be when you grew up when Uh, you were little? I still don't know. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) dude, seriously, I wanted to, okay. So when I was a kid, I wanted to be a doctor Okay, and, and then I just sucked at biology. <laughs> I just sucked. Dude, well, I, it was, couldn't it, do the dissecting. I, I blame the teacher. I'll tell you what, dude, a bad teacher would ruin everything. Couldn't cut the frog open. No, dude, it was the teacher. I remember, I remember this person's name. I'm just not going to say it. <laughs> I'm going to say it. Okay. But, but uh, yeah, she kind of, she was just, she was an asshole. <laughs> she just, <laughs> she made me hate everything about biology. And when you, okay, so here's the bad thing about that. When you mess up in biology, you suck at chemistry. Mm-hmm. When you, suck, you know, so that kind of came off the plate. I came back as like when I was older, after I retired, I went back to, uh, you know, pursue. Right now I'm currently pursuing a PhD in psychology. Mm-hmm. But um, when I, you know, biology in those undergrad classes, um I realized I actually did have a passion for those things and and you picked them up easily. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know, if you think you hate a subject, go back at it later. So talk about picking things up easily. You're one of the few people I know that just has that musical ability where these notes on this scale of sheet music are these frets on this guitar are these keys on the piano. Does that just come naturally to you? Is it something you had to work at? You know, how much of it do you think is innate talent versus something you worked hard to get to? Talk about that a little bit. I guess it's natural. I mean, like, I I was trained classically, but I'm not like a classical player by any means. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm, you know, I know people in the symphony, mm-hmm. you know, like they're classical um, sheet music and all. I'm more chaotic with my, my work. I like to mix the old school, if you know, play by ear. And then also, uh, you know, you could figure it out. Um, a lot, one thing that I, okay. One thing that does, I'll tell you this, you can have natural talent, but if you don't practice, it goes away. Absolutely. So one thing that I do hold on to is like I, I, I tell all my friends this, I couldn't understand this why like I like video games too. I love video games, but I mean the way that people play these games, I you know, and they play the games and then they wanna be a rock star and it's like, okay, well why not play a real guitar and learn a mm-hmm. skill? Or why not play the real drums instead of playing yeah. the pretend drums? You know, like you could do this thing for hours or you could create something for hours. Right. Yeah, right. Work at that. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. you know, I get confused by that, but you know, hey, whatever. <laughs> 
make well it's videos. hard you know people want to be entertained they want to come home from work and unplugged and be entertained and there's something to appreciating the story of a video game and the emotional journey it takes you on or no tv doubt. or film but no doubt but it's always much more fulfilling to actually work towards creating something yourself you know i you know I, i'm sad i think i might be a workaholic bro <laughs> i <I've- laughs> Well, that's definitely something I've experienced in my own life is the desire to unplug and relax and be with my family versus also fulfill my creative desires and work towards making something. But a lot of that is solitary. You know, that's not always something that your family can come on that journey with you. So it's trying to find that balance and it's definitely difficult. Well, you know, okay, so like I, you know, as far as like being a retired person like i retired early you know i, mm-hmm. I kind of like lucked out like i you know i yeah i have things i got to deal with but i deal with them well you know like fortunately like like they're not even a part of my focus mm-hmm. but um i ask myself this a lot is like you know why why do i work still <laughs> like why do i why do i try why do i even try like yeah. you know but it's like at the same time it's fun man it's fun to interact it's fun to have mm-hmm. fun mm-hmm. and i think a lot of guys i think that's a, a a thing about uh veterans and not just veterans people with ptsd um that like you know they forget how to have fun because it hasn't been fun for mm-hmm. a long time mm-hmm. so it's like trying to get that message out as well and having people learn how to loosen up and and actually enjoy life you know you know hey it's real (laughs) so that's something i wanted to dig into so when you tell people you're a retired marine veteran what's their most common reaction they're like what (laughs) they're like no nah because i'm young i i i I retired after you know 12 years and Mm -hmm. it's like you know people the you know i don't like to go into the details because Mm -hmm. it 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 is 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 crappy you know what i mean like if you want to focus on the positive, you have to remain positive, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but when people trip out, you know, so I got to the point where I, 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 I stopped telling them, I just started telling them, you know, I, instead of they're like, what do you do? I, I used to say I was, I'm a retired Marine. Now I'm, you know, oh, I produce or, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur mm-hmm. or I'm working on these projects and you know, I'm just having fun living life. All right. So the flip side of that question, when you tell people you're a musician or a producer, what's their most common reaction to that? Like, what? <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> no, like, well, you, who have you worked with? Like, oh, yeah, you work with anybody famous? Was calling you? Like, yeah. like I'm, I don't know, yeah. Kanye. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't work like that, homie. <laughs> <laughs> Any preconceived misconceptions about veterans that you'd like to dispel once and for all? Like anything that when you know a common reaction to when you tell people you're a veteran? Any anything that people you know stereotype veterans as that you'd like to dispel that misconception? As as far oh it's just like from a veteran from a veteran's perspective yeah. yeah yeah America get your shit together what are y'all doing <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like seriously what the what what <laughs> what first of all respect a veteran like get, show some respect like you hey listen listen oh my god oh man I feel like like you said that I'm sorry America I didn't man, mean to, I didn't you, mean to unleash the just, beast here <laughs> you just opened Pandora's box on that one bro. That, like, Maybe this is episode two. <laughs> Bro, no, okay, so, I mean, like, I won't go into details, but I mean, like, man, some, look, just because you got the right to do something, don't make it right to do, mm-hmm. period. Like, have some 
have some common sense. Like, I, like, look, okay, look, it's called self-control. Like, right now, I want to yell. I want to. I want to say some things, right? But fortunately, coming up as a Marine, having a little bit of discipline, you know, it's like, okay, I'm not trying to offend people, mm-hmm. right? I'm taking your feelings into consideration, right? But y'all are some assholes. Give the 10% discount. <laughs> we don't give us our discount. You know how many people? You know, dude, look, we go around. I stop asking, do you do do military discount? Like literally, okay, Guitar Center, F you. Look, I, no, I had a problem with Guitar Center. I told him I'm going to get him back, and this is me getting him back. Because, listen, I used to work for Guitar Center. I used right. to be a manager right. down the fountain. I used to work this B, all right? So I know the system, all right? I've always been loyal to their to their team. I always bought my products from them. Mm-hmm. Always did that. When I got out, didn't ask for any kind of homie hookup. Didn't ask for a discount. I, all like, hey, give me my military discount. Yeah, we support the vets. I go in there like a month before Labor Day or Veterans Day to go get to get <laughs> literally on, on your day. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. And they're like, we just canceled the veteran. I was like, no, you didn't. I was like, no, you, you didn't. You didn't just cancel the veteran discount. Yeah, we, yeah, no, we did. Oh, and I was like, I wrote a letter to court. I called corporate. I they hung up on me. <laughs> They're like, well, we can give you twenty percent off, but we won't give you give the people their veteran discount. That's what we got all messed up for. That like that little we ain't come like. Kaepernick can sit down and be like, you're making millions of dollars because we went out there and fought because you were a pussy. Like, that's just a fact. Like, some of you bitches just won't, you just don't got the balls to go fight. Like, some people, they act like they do. They act like they're warriors. Like, but no, like, a few good men, like that whole, like, you need me on that yep. wall. Like, that, that, that stuff is real. You need the veterans out there. You need to have the veterans back. And then when the, when the vets come back and you, you make us feel like we just came back from Vietnam, like, we ain't this isn't the vietnam war era like you know like you know you you talk wrong to me i'm gonna smack you <laughs> you know you, you're just gonna get hit because that's just you know hey that's just where we are yep you know like learn to respect people like that's what it's all about is mutual respect and mutual benefit you know mutual benefits come in with mutual respect but when you don't respect what a like a veteran or even elders like man Man, that's definitely something that <laughs> is uh, the climate of our nation right now. I saw something today that uh, instead of Donald Trump's "Made America Great Again," it just said "Made America Kind Again." Man, I don't just get your stuff together because I'm telling y'all, y'all, man, y'all need to stop watching and stop watching so much television. <laughs> y'all, it's not like, look, these kids are caught up in the fantasy world where it's like, okay. There's this dude that was watching, I guess he's a fan of Sons of Anarchy, right? And, and he was out there wearing colors, and he doesn't ride a bike or anything like that, but bikers ride bikes, and bikers have codes. Mm-hmm. And he got confronted by a biker, and it's like, while it's... He's not about that life. Yeah, it's don't, don't, you know, you ever hear that saying, like, dress what you want to be or dress mm-hmm. the role you want to be like do you really want that life you really right. want to be that like right because that life gets real you watch the show you know what that yeah, life's about that life is real like <laughs> yeah yeah it looks cool but yeah that it is it, scary it, i don't want that life <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get back to the art so you're retired you're doing the music thing tell me about kind of a basic day for you What's your creative ritual like? Do you set aside time or do you, when the inspiration strikes, you go to work? What's a basic day like for you? Basic day, man. You know, I live the life of an artist now. We, we, you know, that's, that's kind of one thing that's cool about, you know, 
Uncle Sam and, and, and you know, the benefits of, of, of protecting your country is when, you know, you have his back, he has yours. So mm-hmm. he kind of like is, is put me on a vacation to, to rest and heal. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of like, man, dude, like I wake up, make some music, medicate a little bit. Mm-hmm. Whoop, whoop, you know, this is California. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, you know, sometimes I just... Uh, I'll go out, you know, we'll go for walks, like me and my dog, or, mm-hmm. you know, we'll just, we'll, I'll talk to people. I really, I, I, you know, I'm a Pisces, bro. So Pisces are like sensitive to other people's emotions. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like really people will feed my emotions, kind of get me kind of stirred up. And then I kind of take that energy and, and it transform into like a piece of art. Like I don't just make music, you know, I'll make mm-hmm. pictures or photographs or, you know, I just make art right. and, 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 right. I just happen to be good at music, you know? mm-hmm. but yeah, that's, that's pretty much my typical day. I wake up and, and rock out. till I go to sleep. <laughs> All right. Any goals or what are you trying to say with your music? Is there anything in particular, any message you're trying to get out there? Yeah. Pay me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. No. Yeah. The, the, a real producer right here. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. Look, the, the, like, the world don't need another, like, message right now you know the mm-hmm. world's got plenty of people who got plenty of good things to say mm-hmm. they just don't got a way to get it out right you know i'm i'm, I'm here to kind of help them get it out as well you right you know what i mean as like, a producer give them something that's of quality that they can put their message to yeah, yeah yeah like i mean like i mean dude there's so many different issues going on in america alone you know mm-hmm. like if people can learn how to communicate a little bit clearer than the other side could probably understand their message a little mm-hmm. bit better, you know? And sometimes that takes, you know, crossing barriers, breaking glass ceilings, as they so say. Well, we don't listen to understand. We listen to respond. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, while the media does and does not have a direct involvement, you know, the media wants to get paid and mm-hmm. you only get paid where there's drama. So right. yeah, of course I'm going to, you know, they're going to hype up the drama, you know, like instigate things. But at the same time, it's like, that's really going on. Like the media is not forcing anybody to do, to get involved in anything mm-hmm. that they don't want to be involved in. You know, like just like that Sons of Anarchy thing. Mm-hmm. I've never seen the show, but if I did, you know, like, you know, I'm not going to go buy the vest and, and no, man, there's no, man. Like, okay. When I was a recruiter, I was a recruiter in the Bay. So I just met all kinds of interesting characters. Right. I met this cat from the hell's angel and hell's angels. And he just told me back when he told me the history of like how it works and you know, how colors work and like patches, they mean things. Symbols mean things, mm-hmm. you know, like prisons. So it's like, if you're an innocent kid and you, and, and, and you ain't got nothing to do with nothing, you see this cool tattoo, you get all printed up on your arm. Like the guy who's from that culture don't know. Right. That, you know right. what I mean? Like you, well, you're wearing, you know, that's why it's like, you have, you don't have to be a pussy, but you, yeah, you know, don't be stupid either. Mm-hmm. You, know, like, you have to understand a little bit about the culture you're trying to emulate. Exactly. Right. Like I, I understand that men, what do they say? Imitation is a form of flattery, you know, right. like, but some people don't play like that, you right. know, like they weren't raised like that. They like, they have that PTSD. It gets right. real. Like they don't know how to play like that. Like, right. you know, you're supposed to know. And if not, that's what they call sin examples, right. but that's what cops do too. Right. That's true. <laughs> that's what every, you know, that's how it is. All right. I know you haven't been doing this music thing for too long since you've been out, but as of now, what has been your biggest triumph so far, if there is one? 
<laughs> every day I wake up. <laughs> every day I wake up. No, okay. My, no, and I mean that. Okay, like people don't get this. Like I'm mixed, but because I'm mixed, I get accepted a lot, a lot, a lot of different places. You know, because mm-hmm. people don't really know what I am. You know, half black, half Vietnamese. All right, and it's funny because I look. Filipino, I look Mexican, I look different things. It's not until I grew my hair out that like people are like, oh, he's black. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. And it's funny when people realize I was black, I swear it just, it just, things started acting. It it was different. Wow. It was even my mom told me, because my mom works for the prison system and she's like, no, you need to clean up. Like she likes the clean shaven Marine look, not, not the, you know, and I just grew my hair out to be like, I've never, ever in my life had long hair, right. you know? So to actually experience the type of racism that exists, like racism is real, but it, it, racism is not discrimination and prejudice. They are not the same, mm-hmm. FYI. Um, but I was in San Luis Obispo and this dude, this tall ass dude, Lurch came up to me, right? I remember his name is Lurch. And he, <laughs> he came up to me at the bar and he was like, he was, I don't know what brought this on, but he felt the need to explain that he wasn't a racist, but he was a traditionalist and explained to me that he was like, you know, like all these different things. I'm like, well, what the fuck do I do here? You know, like, like, okay, sir. Okay, sir. Thanks for the update. <laughs> like, what do I, like, there are things as TMI. There are things as like people like etiquette do. People don't have it no more. And people have diarrhea of the mouth. And it's like, man, Here's a here's a spoiler alert. If you're coming up to a minority <laughs> and explain why you're not racist, you're probably a racist. Bro, like I'll be sitting there and people will tell like black jokes and I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. Like they don't know. So it's kinda you know, like <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it, it's kinda I've learned to laugh. You know, one of the things that I've learned is how to laugh at myself. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't take life too serious. Unfortunately, some of these things, you know, from an African-American perspective is like we've been we've been traumatized, mm-hmm. you know, so it's hard to laugh at those things. Some like the Kevin Hart's and those guys are like, yeah. I mean, people are loosening up, you yeah. know, the, the younger generation is getting it. Yeah. But, um, you know, that that's what I'm excited about is the future, man. Like mm-hmm. right now it looks scary, but the future looks like a good time. So speaking of the future, going forward, how do you define success for yourself? Well, I mean, look, dude, how does anyone define success? You know, I define myself as successful already. I mean, like, I the only thing now, I mean, like, is pay it forward is my, my form of success, you know? Like, it, I I don't know. I pass it. I pay it forward. Like, that's the only thing to do. I, I'm not like that Smeagol guy from Lord of the Rings where it's like, <laughs> ah, it's mine, it's mine. You know, some people are, dude, there's some people out there like that that are like, oh, I want the world. And mm-hmm. it's like, dude, mm-hmm. for what? Like, I'd rather have, you know, a good time and friends. And really, it's like what success looks like for me, honestly, is to take my team and give them the things that I have and let them experience these, you know, same Mm -hmm. joys and travel more and and Mm -hmm. see the world and actually show people a little give people a little bit of hope, man. Like, you know, look, we're doing some amazing things. People are doing amazing things. Mm-hmm. People like I, 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 you guys don't know this, but I call half of you guys mutants and not in a bad way. Like, <laughs> like y'all are doing some craziness. Like you see those, like those dudes in those squirrel suits. Oh like, yeah. Those, the wing suits. They're fucking flying, oh. bro. That's called flying. <laughs> That's I don't give a shit what you call. Oh like, man. Like dude, they're dude. That looks incredible. And it's dude, just terrifying. Yeah. When yeah. I see those 
videos. Like is is I will never do that. But thank you for Go GoPro and you know <laughs> that's this amazing. Like people got to look and open their eyes and be like, dude, there's a whole world that you haven't experienced <laughs> because you've been stuck as a yep. slave working nine to five, which really is probably like a nine to midnight. Or playing video games or, or you know, like out. distractions. Yep. It's like yep. fo focus, get your work done and then go play. If you did go back to the beginning of your journey, anything you would tell yourself? Like a, like a cheater code or what? Like, <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> like, yeah, you didn't speak in video I, games. You didn't call it a cheat code. Like, like, anything, you like, know, the, you know, I've, I've heard you say it before. We always say, if I knew now what I knew then, well, I know it now, you know what? No, yeah, that's so, me. That's so, why I'm like, no, nah, I wouldn't do. I, I tell myself constantly, like the things that I, I remember what I went through, you know, like that's the part of experience, like part of education isn't just books it's experience mm -hmm. and it's not just experience it's that she learned in books part of the reason the education sucks is when we talked about this earlier you and i is isn't because the information is bad it's not even because the people aren't receiving the information it's because the people do not know how to apply the information that mm -hmm. they've received mm -hmm. all right so it's inapplicable it's a waste of time at that point like if What's the point of learning about math if you don't ever calculate? You have to calculate. Mm -hmm. So people get rusty at things. And, and I, I constantly tell myself, it's like, remember all that suckiness that you went through back then? Like, do you want to go through it again? It's like, nah, dude, you know, educate yourself. Yeah. You know, knowledge is power. Like, be smart. Like, education, like, I don't understand Bernie Sanders and free education. It's called YouTube. You know, it's like seriously, like the world, like the internet is uh, is like our best friend and worst enemy right mm -hmm. now. And it's Definitely. like you know, like I don't know if Terminator's going down. <laughs> I don't know if Skynet is real or or if it's just like, hey, look, we can we can take this information and work together because it's a smaller world. Definitely, you know, but a smaller world means it's easier to break too. So it's a delicate world. Any last words of advice for our listeners? Life, art, creativity, anything. Don't be afraid to be called crazy. Okay. Because as an artist, you are. Right. As an as a creator, you are. As an innovator, you are. Yep. What makes a person crazy is the fact that we are statistical outliers. We're not like the rest. Mm -hmm. So being called crazy and getting that label is offensive, you know, it, it hurts the person. It, mm -hmm. it creates doubt. And 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 screw that. You know, Definitely. like you ain't like them. You like us, you right. know, like if, if that's how you feel, stop trying to don't worry about that. Don't be so emo. Come on the other side, have a little bit of fun. Learn. Definitely. So, you know, I used to tell a lot of people this when they asked me about like, how do like, cause people call me crazy all the time. I didn't, I didn't know I actually was <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, like, Oh man, you did that. You're crazy. But, but it's, it's like a, do me in a stunt, man. Like it's, it's walking the un, unbeaten trail, so to speak, or yeah. unwalking path or, or whatever. But, um, no, everyone that creates everyone that has a business idea and pursues it. I mean, we're all a little bit crazy. Yeah. You know, there's, there's something scary about you did it to that point where I'm going to have to tell people that I am doing this and I'm going to open myself up to judgment on what they think that is versus what it actually is, whether they think I can do that or not. And that's really the hardest part is yeah. getting up to that point where and, I am going to tell people I'm doing this and they're going to judge me for it. Right. And that's that's courage. That's yep. what, you know, in the Marine Corps, they teach that, like, you know, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's the, the ability to look fear in the face and overcome it. So, like, my piece of advice would be don't be afraid to live because you're afraid to die. Absolutely. Like, you know, a lot of people are trying to live 
for the future and suffering through the present, mm-hmm. you know, and it's only going to, and trust me, I, I went through that. I was in the military. I know better than most of, of, of sacrificing and, and, and putting, you know, hard work before yourself, you know, when you put everyone before yourself, which what a military veteran does, mm-hmm. you know, like they, they don't have one set of laws. They have two, they have, they have rules. They have, they, you know, they get beat like we, you know, you want that military, but America needs a military that can protect them, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what they volunteer to do. They should probably be getting paid more than, than Kaepernick, you know, but whatever, enjoy throwing balls, homie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, um, that's definitely part of the, the goal of the Maslow Peach here is if you're listening to this and you have ideas and you've been afraid to put those out because you're afraid of reprisal or what people might think about that, you know, follow those goals, follow those dreams and those thoughts and try to turn that into something, take positive steps towards being that person that you want to be. Cause if not, you're, it's just, it's not going to go away. Those feelings of unrest or not living your calling or not pursuing your passions. Those, those feelings aren't going to go away and it's just going to drive you crazy. All right. I want to thank our guest, Jesse Edmond today for talking about life, art, creativity, music, um, the military we got we touched on touched on a lot of things today but it was good just a little bit of housekeeping here uh, you can now subscribe on iTunes search for the Maslow Peak podcast iTunes Google Play you can also find us on SoundCloud on our website themaslowpeak.com uh, you can also find us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram so I want to thank our guest Jesse Edmond one more time uh, Jesse is also the producer of the podcast so if you see him around tell him to thank you for making it great for you to listen to and we'll be back next time with another episode thanks a lot guys